Thank you for joining us. We've got Sabina Galt from Connect Agency here with us today. Sabina, welcome to the show. Hey, Vasa. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I'm glad to have another fellow agency owner uh, on the podcast for the first time. You're the, you're the first. Ooh, thank you. That, that makes me feel very special. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Saved it just for you. Um, I love it. I'm excited to chat uh, with you about Connect, the world of PR, another agency owner. This one really, really um, makes me happy. So before we get into that, uh, can you give the our listeners a, a little bit of a background on you and how you got to connect and what started it, all that good stuff? Yeah, sure. You know, the, the interesting thing is I, I think a lot of people have these amazing stories as, as business owners and they started off and did it on their own and they did it because nobody was doing it better and they invented a product and they came up with something that's really cool or they started a new discipline that nobody was doing and and i just sort of don't have that story um you know i'm i'm born and raised in romania and um you know the the landscape uh prior to 1989 was the communist country and um you know it, it's it's just it's just a trickier sort of um um landscape than you would have here in america where everybody's typically running businesses or knows enough about entrepreneurship and knows enough about running a business and you know having kind of high-powered jobs or really building those relationships in romania just that didn't come with the territory there was no such stories of entrepreneurship you sort of get a job and that's your life so when i moved here you know almost 20 something years ago um it was just a very different world for me that i was wasn't really training. Um, I didn't have that kind of, uh, you know, understanding of what, what it means to run a business, what it means to um, have your own business, what it means to start something from scratch. Um, and it was definitely kind of a whoa factor. Like I've never thought about this before. Um, and, and, and I didn't want to start a business to, to this day. I didn't want to start a business. I always thought that it's, it's the most horrible thing ever. <laughs> that is the worst thing to do. Um, that it's, you know, just really difficult, really hardcore. Um, and, and it is, um, but I'm a really kind of crappy employee and I got fired from my job and I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? Um, and I was doing PR. I've been doing PR all my life. And at that point I had brought a bunch of clients to the agency and um, the clients were like, well, we want to go wherever you're going. And I was like, well, I'm going nowhere. I'm going home. I don't know where y'all want to go. I'm just about to pick up my stuff and go home. Yeah. Um, and they were like, oh, well, we don't care. We want to be with you. Um, so I sort of found myself with with clients and, and business, uh, knock on wood, uh, but, uh, but it was super, super helpful um, because it you know, I, I took it easy and I didn't sort of jump into it right away. And I, I took a little bit here and a little bit there and I did my accounting and I learned how to do that. And then I started learning how to kind of run the business and the back end of it. And I did that for a while and then I started growing. So it definitely was a progressive approach to it um, versus just, um, uh, you know, kind of a jump in and have this big idea and, and make it happen. It was 
was more of a, oh, crap, I'm here. What do I do now? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, you mentioned that you don't have like this amazing story of, of Work Connect, but I, I really do find that amazing. Um, coming from Romania and, and, and getting things going and building up a solid clientele and they want to follow you. I think I'm a big fan of that. It's somewhat similar um, to how GB started. You know, I was just started consulting after I got tired of being an employee. I just started consulting for a couple brands yeah. that, that had a little steam and then, you know, I incorporated GB and then started building even more and then started hiring people. And um, I wasn't expecting it and sure as hell is hard, uh, but it's something that's just so much more rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and, you know, it's, it's really hard. And I think that if you look at it through the lens of, I'm going to look at only the very difficult parts and only the hard parts. Um, I think that then it makes it easy because you're like always going to like the good times are going to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but the bad times never, you know, never take care of themselves. So how do you kind of approach that? I think is as an entrepreneur, I never look at the good sides. I never look at the exciting stuff. I always look at, oh, my God, like I'm always running it like we're about to enter a recession. My staff laughs at me so hard mm -hmm. because I'm always like, oh, my God, a recession is coming. It's around the corner. And I'm like, Sabina, you, everything's fine. You need to calm yourself. Nothing's got happening um but but because of that then uh, you know i'm never sort of surprised by the really bad stuff because you're you're likely to sort of take in more strides yeah i, I think that it's no matter what i we're, we're you and i are going to be kind of absorbing all of the tough stuff and we try to make it as fun as possible um for for the staff and speaking of that you you've won like I, what are you like 20 years in a row for best places to work? Um, how, do, how do you, how do you keep that culture up after growing so fast or so thoughtfully and, but also pretty fast and, and hiring so many people, how do you, how did you do that? Um, we, we definitely do a decent amount of, of perks. I think we've over the years gotten smarter about how do we really give people what really matters and how do we bring those services to the table that are actually going to bring value to people's lives because ping pong tables and, and, you know, beer uh, tastings and, you know, tequila Sundays are really fun, but then, you know, the same person still goes home and if they don't have a great salary and compensation package and if they don't have amazing time off and if when they're off, they're, you know, being pinged 17 times a day, um, then that really doesn't matter because you're not really absorbing yourself with that sort of tequila Sunday or tequila Monday. Um, so I think one of the things for, for us as an organization has always been really delving down into what matters to people. We have an amazing match for 401k and... Um, and that is a big deal. Our, our team is investing in their future, is investing in their 401k. Um, we match a 10%, so we match a significant amount. Um, and and it's, it's, it's theirs. It's theirs to keep. There's no strings attached. We don't take it away if you leave. Um, and that's, that's a big thing that our team loves. Um, we, prior to COVID, had a full-time therapist, which in an industry like ours is a really big deal because we deal with a lot of personalities all day, every day. Um, and it just really helped having somebody else to talk to and, and, and be a soundboard. And our team really loved that. Um, you know, we, we think about our team because, you know, we have a large chunk of our team that, that are moms and, you know, we provide 
a lot of resources, amazing maternity leave, um, which, you know, we had, we had just somebody come back from maternity leave. She was gone for almost six months. Um, so that's, there's, there's a lot of those perks that matter to people that are actually meaningful. Um, and, and when I say math leave, I don't mean like, oh, you can go for however long you want. It's more like, oh no, you go and we pay a, a ton of the months you're off full board. So, mm-hmm. um, so those are things that matter to our team. Um, I think, you know, we, we did when we were in an office, which now we're all in our homes, but as we were in an office, we did in office massages because again, everybody's super stressed out. Everybody's just massively, you know, kind of working and sitting at a desk and none of that is comfortable. So getting that, you know, half an hour massage, 15, 20 minute massage is like really nice. Once a week, you're like, okay, at least like I get like a 20 minute to myself. I'm in a room. There's, you know, the lights are out. There's some massage therapist that's just massaging me for 20 minutes. So those are things that just really matter to our team. And then, yeah, we do reimbursements and we do fitness reimbursements and gym reimbursements. And, you know, we do cell phone reimbursements. Obviously, some of those are, are not happening right now because gyms are barely opening in California. Mm-hmm. Um, but but some of them are, are happening. So it's um, I think it's a matter of picking what really matters to the team. And when we saw that people didn't care about certain things, but they cared about summer Fridays, but they could care less if we gave them i don't know some extra you know day lunch thing and they were like yeah that's cool but you know we'd rather have our half friday off so we started really implementing only the things that that matter to the team we do polls all the time um we use a tool called office vibes so we use it um there's a random um questionnaire that goes out to the team every single week that we have no control over but then we get pure, honest, and truthful feedback all the time about everything we do, and we react on it. Office vibes. I'm going to look into that. That seems amazing. Bunch yeah. of cool, bunch of cool perks um, you got there, and I can see why you, uh, you know, Connect has won so many awards. Um, Sabina, um, my next question for you is, we all see a lot of PR focusing in certain directions since COVID hit. Um, what do you think the the trends are like tomorrow in the future? And what do you think uh, is the way to break through uh, often sometimes the noise for brands? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard. Let's, let's make no mistake. Um, it's always been hard. Um, now it's gotten that much harder. I think we went from sort of, um, you know, old, old, old school, you know, back in the day propaganda to um, kind of a more like paid approach of this is brought to you by Marlboro, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then we went to sort of a more free news, um, open forums, open letters to the editor, you know, we went to to brands being able to activate a lot more and there were a lot of places to activate on. There were a lot of newspapers, there were a lot of magazines there was a lot of a lot of media out there that people were consuming on a regular basis um and then you know facebook and instagram came on and nobody consumed anything and everybody just sits on their social networks all day and posts selfies so <laughs> that changed and 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 then you know we retargeted the bejesus out of people on instagram and we retargeted everybody on on google and then that kind of is going away as well now so it's changing so fast and i would say there's a lot of industries that change and there's a lot of industries that have changed over the years but this one man has changed 
so much. What you were able to do even two years ago um, just doesn't have the same value anymore. I mean, influencers are, are changing as we speak. And it's less about, you know, doing a quick and dirty deal and taking a photo with a product. And it's more about, you know, how do you involve this person in a long-term programming? Um, and we'll see how long that's going to last, right? Because we just don't know as as we continue to evolve in channels, you know, Clubhouse is a thing, TikTok is a big thing, YouTube continues to grow. Where are the channels that that somebody can and a brand can specifically activate and, and really be meaningful and I was on a call the other day with a client and I said, look, I think this is not about looking at what everybody else is doing. I think this is about looking at who our tribe is and how do we develop that tribe of consumers that are going to love what we do and that are going to believe in us and they're going to be our advocates. And that's where we have to go. And if those consumers are on Facebook, then we got to go on Facebook. Like I get it that TikTok is cool, but if your consumer isn't there, then you're wasting your time and money. So it's really about driving down and where is our consumer? Where is our tribe? How do we build around that tribe? Um, and what mediums is that tribe really excited about? Is it Hulu? Is it Spotify? Is it traditional media? Is it, you know, is it a business community that we're trying to get to? Where, where are we going with this brand that, that is going to make the most sense? Yeah, one thing I, I, I see often... Um, is brands who are looking at what others are doing too much. And when I was younger and I played sports, whether it was baseball or basketball, one of my older brothers that taught me a lot of it always said, don't look at other people's swings. It's going to mess with yours. Or don't look at somebody else's jump shot. It's going to mess with yours. I often find in, in what we do, people want to do so much of what the other is doing, but what we don't do is sit and, and really be self-aware for you know, our brands. Is that the right place for us to be? Is that where our customer's attention at? Is that if not, you know, hold on for hold on it for now. It's a nice to have. Really focus on where your customer's attention is at. And I find that startup brands that we work with, um, not, not today, but like brands that in general that we would work with, um, are having a, a tougher time figuring out where that should be. Yeah. Well, and it's that much harder, right? I mean, let's be honest. You know, what we were able to do, you know, think about Instagram four years ago. How much easier it was to get followers? Mm -hmm. How much easier it was to post content that was engaging and for people to actually engage with the content? A, a giveaway and people were excited. People actually wanted a giveaway. Now you do a giveaway and it's like crickets. You're giving mm -hmm. away $200 on Amazon and people are like, meh. No, I don't want <laughs> I don't want to follow another brand. Bye. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just gotten so much harder. And so we're all fighting for the same five seconds of space. We're all fighting for the same, you know, two minutes of attention from a customer. Um, and the discovery phase has changed, especially with COVID. People are all discovering in the same places now. That's the big, massive change that, that we've seen. Discovery of a brand used to happen in so many places. People would travel, they discover a brand. People would get on a plane, they discover a brand in the snack box. People would go to the grocery store, they discover a brand. People would walk down the street and a brand would hand them a product. All of those moments of discovery are gone. None of that exists right now. 
right now you're you're stuck in your home at best you're going possibly to the grocery store but much less grocery store visits are down and much faster and you can't wait to get out of there right um and and there is no other element you're not going to a music festival to discover a brand you're not going to um you know, a cool um, art show to discover a brand. You're not traveling. You're not doing any of that. Or the majority of the people aren't doing many of that. So discovery is all limited to .com, really, um, or as we like to joke, the interwebs, um, and and connected CTV, connected television, and connected, you know, and and online radio and, and digital. Like, that's it. That's where you're discovering. You're not even driving somewhere as much to discover something on traditional radio or Sirius, for that matter, unless you're listening to Sirius on your phone. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Zoom to have like breaks in between meetings for for advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it I might not might not be a bad idea. And if I roll out, you know, wouldn't that be amazing? We we interrupt this programming real quick. We have a quick brand announcement. Yeah. Do you want more jerky? We have a brand for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for that. Um, but uh, talking more about strategy, I've been part of two brand messaging and positioning meetings um, with you at, at the uh, the old office. And that's one thing I don't want to get into like the, the granular tactics of how amazing that is. Um, but for me, it's like Disneyland for starting a brand. And how do you go into those and how do you think about that? How do you find, uh, you know, brands reasons for being like, there's a lot of brands that want to be a, a lot to everyone. But what I find is that you, you find a very magical way to really put the, the focus on certain aspects of a brand. How do you go into those meetings? Um, the very polite answer is um, you you do a lot of research and you try to um, uh, think through what the other party is going to want and how you're going to need to position it in a way to actually drive to the result in a not politically correct way. Um, you're, you sort of have to really kind of corral everybody in your direction. I mean, we're going through this right now where, you know, a particular brand is like, we want to be this and we want to do that. And we want to do all the things to all the people. And I'm like, okay, but we're here now. Like we're, we're not there where you want to be all the things to all the people. Um, and no, we're not yet Nike and no, we're not Lululemon mm. yet. And no, we're not Red Bull yet. And no, I, I get it. We all want to be that, but we're not that right now. Um, and we sort of have to focus on who we are today um, because by, by really extrapolating that, that, that essence of who we are today, that's what people are going to fall in love with today. We can't make them fall in love with a brand that we're going to be in 10 years or in five years. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that this is the biggest challenge. Like we're dealing with this expansion and fast growth in in so many areas, right? And and I was watching the the WeWork documentary last night on Hulu, and it's 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 good. I think they've done a really good job with it. Um, where really they're saying, you know, technology and and the areas of technology have just provided everybody with this sort of magical wish of a unicorn and everybody wants to be a unicorn. Everybody wants to grow a company in two years, sell it for a hundred million dollars and go off into the sunset and be the richest person ever. And it's like, 
That doesn't happen. The majority of the brands that we all see today have been around for 30, 40, 50, 100 years. And yes, they're phenomenal brands. And yes, they do a great job. But we all forget Red Bull didn't start yesterday. Red Bull started 30 plus years ago. And they're, you know, 20 plus billion dollars worth of spend against the brand. So it, it doesn't happen all, all night. I, I always give Kodiak Cakes as an example because people are like, oh, my God, that brand is just skyrocketed. And I'm like, poor Joel has been send, literally selling out of a red wagon for 30 years. <laughs> like the guy didn't just start yesterday selling pancake mix mm-hmm. and protein. He's literally been selling this for 30 years. Um, and, yeah, they're a phenomenal brand now, and they're, they're doing absolutely amazing. But it didn't take a minute. And, and back in the day when all of these brands started, they created that, that magical message that people wanted to love and fall in love with. And then, yeah, they iterated on it 5, 10 years later. And they iterated on it again 10, 15 years later when their audience grew and they became global, national, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all got to remember to look at where we are today and who the brand is today and what are the, you know, kind of first sort of circle of people that are going to really like us. We, we do this messaging exercise and, and we really force people to think, who are the people that this is a given to? Who is our immediate tribe that will take this no matter what? If you're a plant-based product, no, I am not your, you know, or, or the guy that eats meat five times a week is not your demographic, not the not the tribe. They're, he's mm-hmm. not your tribe. You're going to have to pull a lot to convince that guy to stop eating meat five days a week. You, you, me, I already eat plant-based, you know, every single day, at least one meal a day. I'm an easy target. You can target me with that, then it's an easy thing. I'm an early adopter of technology. You can, uh, If you have technology that's really cool, I'm always like, oh, this oven looks great. I'm also an appliance person. Like, I really love appliances. They make me happy. Um, but I'm an easy target for that. But somebody that literally has one blender in their whole house, you're not going to try and get them to buy some new oven that cooks your meat in 20 seconds. And also, by the way, that person's plant-based. And that's where we have to go to that, that super, super close niche, fall in love with them. And then move on to the next circle and who's that circle and then move on to the next circle. And it's all these concentrical circles and the messaging really has to start and to relay from that outwards. And, Everybody wants to sign to the start of the last circle. Everybody's like, we want to be over there. And I'm like, yeah, I, we all do. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do you, um, and again, I, n- none of these questions are meant for you to divulge any of the, the secret sauce, but how do you feel about brands that may go into launches maybe a little bit too targeted and they're not quite sure who that, that person is? Are you against like pivoting once they realize, like, oh, might not we might have been wrong and how often does that happen uh in your experience um i think it depends um i i genuinely think that the majority of the brands are fairly if they don't go like massively targeted again there are certain categories that just people want to be super targeted with but it's like it's pizza like come on nobody says anything bad about pizza or it's candy like nobody hates candy 
uh, like, yes, people may not eat it every day, but nobody says, oh, my God, I'm so upset with candy. No, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like it, it's something that brings people joy. Everybody loves a good candy here and there. And even if you don't eat sugar, you're still going to like some candy at some points in time. So there's certain categories that you really can be super loose about because you don't need to know whether your target is a mom you know, of three children and she's, you know, annual household income of 125 plus and she's got, you know, and she lives in major metropolitan cities. Or if it's, you know, school-aged kids that happen to love because you're putting, you know, some Disney character on your on your packaging. At the end of the day, it, it's, it's a loose enough category. Now, when you're trying something super niche and super targeted and you're trying to get super deep with it, that's where, that's where it's a little that's where it's a little tricky you know like you're doing cbd supplements for pets i mean that is like three degrees of weird and and not in a bad way but in a hey we need to not only explain to people why cbd for pets works first yeah. then we need to explain that it's safe so we need a third party validator for that yep. and then Three, you need to actually convince people that they need to give the supplement all of these times of the day to this person. Like you you have to pull so hard with that message to, to hit all of these three. So then, yeah, you really kind of got to go down and be like, okay, well, maybe chances are that the parent, the pet parent is is already using CBD themselves. So chances are that that is niche but then the explanation process is that much less. So you're not pulling this audience in three different, you know, through three different circles that they're not comfortable with. Um, and, and maybe that pet parent is already thinking about CBD for pets. So then it's like, okay, I already take CBD. I'm kind of not opposed to giving my pet CBD. If you just show me a doctor that's legit enough, that kind of talks enough about it, chances are I'm going to believe you and I'm going to buy it. And I already give my pet supplements. So that's one, you know, I had a client who said this to me and it was the coolest thing ever and I stole it from him. Um, but, and I told him I'm stealing it from him. But he <laughs> said, you can only be one degree of weird. You, you, can't, you can't be three degrees of weird. You, you got to create a product that, that and you got to, target that audience with that product uh, an audience that only goes one degree of weird you can't have like oh well, we're gonna infuse it with 17 roots that you've never heard about and then we're also going to be you know using some new technology that you've never heard about and we're gonna put it in a form that's totally weird and it requires you to open it and then shake it and then put it in a glass and then drink it with three straws i mean by the time you're trying to get an audience to 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 vet in on that is, is, is just a long road. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of ways to lose there when you get more than one degree. What is it? One, one degree of weird. One degree uh, of weird. It reminds me of the one degree of weird. Reminds me of the, uh, four, four degrees of separation of, uh, Kevin Bacon Kevin or whatever Bacon, that was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. I, I've got uh, one more for you before we go into rapid fire. Um, rapid fire questions will be very mellow for you though. Um, <laughs> Uh, so the, this podcast is called Exit Intent, and I want to ask, and you've been doing this for a while, what are some of your favorite exits that you've been a part of with, with brands that you've represented, and, and how great was that feeling when you, know, you, you started working with them and then you, you see it happen? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're all very, very different. Um, you know, I think one of the most, you know, sort of popular and, and really a darling is is Crave. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. I, I always say John is, is one of the best marketers I've ever met in my life. He's phenomenal marketing brain, um, obviously phenomenal financials as well, but just a really, really amazing marketer that can really take a brand to the next level and then think through all the things that uh, that will make sense and that will take that brand and skyrocket it. Um, and I, I've now had the, the pleasure and the joy of working alongside of him for over a decade in, in various other brands um, and Crave uh, amongst many others. And we continue to work with Crave. But that's one where, you know, they 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 did probably one of the notable first exits in, in the industry and in the mm -hmm. kind of uh, better for you food and beverage industry. Um, my first exit ever was um, actually with Sweet Leaf Tea, and both Clayton and David are, are still very, very dear friends, and we continue to work together on on many things. Um, but that was that was the first thing, and and it was you know not not a massive exit. It was a it was a great exit. It was a good exit to Nestle Waters, um, but that that brand was just had so much uh, excitement from from kind of fans, and they had such a huge audience that people just love sweet leaf it was like a whole very very connected audience um you know one that that took a, a decently long time was was Stubbs barbecue and we exited to mccormick's on that um but that was one that took a long time and a lot of iterations and it wasn't the the sort of easy quick and dirty way that people expect um, and it is it is just a very cool, very old school Americana brand. Um, you know, Stubbs Doublefield founded it, um, and it's been around for you know forty plus years. And the Stubbs venue in Austin is one of the most well known Austin venues for music. It's a live music outdoor space. Um, you know, on Sunday brunch, we had a line around the corner with people waiting for brunch, and just really really cool. Great ribs, great brisket. Um, but really translating that and translating kind of the sauce business, that was uh, that was really exciting. Um, but that, that took a long time. I mean, I personally was on that brand for, for many, many years. And, and Scott, who's, who's the CEO and um, who helped kind of take the brand from Stubb um, and to the next level was uh, and is one of my best friends. And he's an amazing human. Um, and that was a phenomenal kind of exit in the end. Um, recently we did one brand, so we exited to Hershey, um, and that's another like huge success because we basically changed everything. We changed the way the brand looked and felt and talked and marketed and the team there was amazing. Um, the CMO there is one of my favorite people and, and I've had the luck to work with Peter Burns there, who's a phenomenal human and an awesome CEO and a great leader. Um, so really seeing those people in action was was just the most exciting thing and seeing how you take a brand to that level and 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 you really turn it around and move it from kind of a very manly, very, you know, kind of dude focused brand to like a very female, very athletic, very little lemony kind of brand. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and others, but those are sort of, you know, the ones that. Just I, I, I definitely could, could feel the connect effect um, when you, you took over. I didn't know you then, but I was at um, Quest when one started switching it up and um, I saw them, you know, kind of 
getting a little more popular, more popular, more popular. And then uh, definitely felt when you, that's likely when you probably took them on. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's been great probably work. like five years or so, four and a half, five years. Yeah. That's right around the time. Right. 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 When I was leaving. Um, well, very cool. Let's, let's jump into rapid fire. I'm going to do a different format on these. Um, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to name a category. Okay. And you're going to respond with your top three brands in that category. Um, okay. And then full disclosure for any clients that are maybe listening to this. Um, if your brand doesn't get listed, uh, it's all good. Yes. <laughs> it's all good. Like, don't, don't, when you have to think fast, you're like, oh. This. Yeah. We're, uh, it, it's like the Oscars when somebody forgets to, uh, to, to, to name somebody as a thank you. But right. um, first, uh, first category is um, beverage. Ooh, that's a big one. Well, Zoa, just because they're amazing right now and, and killing it. Um, I think Body Armor has done a really great job. Um, and probably I would say uh, La Colombe, just because it's one of my favorite coffees. You know, I was just doing some some research on Body Armor because I love that story and I, I miss Kobe. Um, but they have a trademark on Super Drink. And I think that's one of the coolest things I didn't even know that they had. And I feel like Super Drink uh, is just a sick, sick thing to have. Yeah, that um, is, that is very cool. Um, okay. Next one is plant-based. Um, I think depends where I would say, obviously beyond meat comes to, um, comes to, to mind at the same place with, with sort of an impossible, right. Um, for that kind of burger category, um, you know, um, alpha is doing a great job, um, with their, with their nuggets and their chicken nuggets. Um, I would say a good kind of old school, but like still very relevant Gardein. Um, like, you know, they still do that orange chicken is, is kind of my, uh, my little, uh, <laughs> my little, uh, guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good. Um, but then, you know, if you're looking at like milks, for example, I mean, what Califia has been able to do is just phenomenal. Uh, Oatly. I mean, I live on Oatly. I probably buy like seven cartons of Oatly and eight cartons of Barista every single week. Um, you know, so you, they've done an amazing job. Um, newcomer on the on the market um, is a brand out of Sweden called Sprout. Um, they're super exciting, kind of have a totally different packaging, different approach to kind of the milk. It's a, it's a pea protein. So there's there's lots there. Um, so I, I think it depends on, on where you're looking. You know, if you're looking at kind of that alternative of like right rice has done a great job our, our good old friend keith i think he's done such a great job with with you know really taking kind of plan to the next level and bonds has done it in pasta he's done it in rice so mm-hmm. i think it depends on on where you're looking at that risotto is ridiculous I, I had it two nights ago with chicken and i texted him a photo and i was like this is like i'm i, I ate the whole bag basically with chicken on top it is so freaking good <laughs> and so easy to cook i know we're, we're a little biased but it is i could not believe it so yeah, um, i'm glad it's amazing. Uh, i'm glad it made the list um uh so the next one is um so i, t- I said beverage at first broadly but i want to go into a little bit more i would say busy of categories sparkling water Mm, that's a tough one. Um, that's a really tough one. Like, who has affiliations? I mean, I'm a Perrier Pellegrino kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the sparkling smart water. I don't think there's really any difference. I mean, they all have good amount of bubbles. That's that's how I test my waters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a brand out of 
Italy that sells here that I'm blanking on the name right now and they do a really good job with their bubbles they have a good amount of bubbles inside mm-hmm. um, but I mean that's a hard one because affinity is so when we worked with Nestle we couldn't um, we couldn't get any sparkling water or any bottled water unless um, unless it was a Nestle property so we so if we went to dinner we couldn't order anything which makes sense obviously um, but so I lived on Aquapana for like a million years just because every time we'd go to dinner I'd order Aquapana and then I got in a habit of ordering Aquapana and not sparkling obviously but still and then I was Perrier Pellegrino but got it um, I did not know that with those with some contracts they can you know, kind of prohibit what you drink at a dinner table if it's I mean, not business related. You, you, can't, you can't expense it then. So I see. you can drink whatever you want, but you can't expense a non-brand, on-brand. Got it. Um, one of my faves, and if you haven't tried it, there's a, I'm like a big, like flavored water uh, guy. And Sanzo, I think, does a great job at bringing these um, traditional Asian flavors to life. And oh. Yeah, they have a like a calamansi, got a, a lychee, and they've got a mango one. Um, super refreshing. I think I think he did a great job over there. But that's one you should I check gotta, out if you haven't. I gotta check it out. Super good. Um, cool. The, the last one I would say is um, I don't think I have a last one. I think we we did a, a decent job at running through those. Some great answers, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm stumped on that. I had fun with that. I'm still kind of thinking about that Nestle thing, but I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get over it. But, um, yeah, that's um, it. Go ahead. Too funny. Yeah. So that's, that's it for uh, for our rapid fire. Um, and I'm just, I just had such a pleasure chatting with you, Sabina. Um, thank you for coming on. Thanks Always for sharing. Always a pleasure. Always Thanks. a pleasure. Thank you for uh, having me on. And um, it's it's just really good to, uh, to have uh friendships and, and close relationships with people that uh, do the same thing. And it's awesome. So thank you for being an awesome human and a friend. You got it. Uh, wh- where can everyone find you, Sabina? Um, the easiest is our, our info email. It comes to me, info at connectagency.com and Instagram, Sabina Galt and LinkedIn, Sabina Galt. I'm probably better at reading DMs on Instagram than I am on my LinkedIn. Um, I need to change that. Uh, but then the info comes to me and my EVP, Amanda. So Awesome. That's uh, info at connect agency with a K um, yes. for any listeners that want to reach out and uh, have some fun chat with Sabina. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Sabina. I had a blast. Uh, really appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Vasa. You got it.